the first year of the Big South OVC Alliance, Big South OVC Association, how did it go? So from an administrative standpoint and from a community standpoint, very, very well. Uh, the new teams coming in uh, and the combination of working together seemed to go very, very smoothly, whether it's Charleston Southern or Gardner-Webb coming in with the OBC institutions, the OBC institutions blending with them. All very, very positive. I think the disappointment for us, candidly, was to have two teams, in the case of uh, UT Martin in Eastern Illinois, with an 8-3 record that didn't get consideration for, well, they got consideration, but didn't get selected for the FCS playoffs. That certainly was frustrating and disappointing. But you know, I'm heartened by the fact that we blended so very well together, and um, I'm excited for what the future holds for this. Well, you add Western Illinois. I know Bryant and Robert Morris come off the the, the roster, however, but it does give you more uh, nine geographically aligned in the schools that are committed to to doing what the OVC wants to be wants to have done. Quite frankly. It does. No, you summed that up quite rightly. Um, the OBC currently has seven football playing institutions. We could manage this with an OBC specific focus. Uh, the slogan for the association is uh, we're stronger together and we are. And uh, with Gardner Webb and Charleston Southern, certainly there is an alignment geographically. Uh, it does make a, a good bit of sense. And um, again, the schools are, are, are like in terms of budget, uh, focus, what have you. And there's certainly a commitment to football of all the programs that are a part of it. So that in itself may be the most important. They're a grouping of schools that value football, value football at the FCS level, and want to make this the best association it can be. Well, and, and I, I look at the uh, the footprint of it. I mean, certainly you keep the Southern part of it, obviously, with the schools in, in Tennessee, UT Martin, Tennessee Tech. Uh, TSU, you go to the southeast deeper with Gardner-Webb and everything, but you also branch into the Midwest, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri. So the the footprint has, does this make sense? It's narrowed, but it's widened. Does that yeah, make no, sense? That's right. No, if you look at it, it's almost like a, a long oblong yeah. in some ways. <laughs> yes. In some ways. Um, it requires one flight for a number of schools um, from the, the OVC contingent, um, which is more than we were used to. But certainly in this day and age of conference movement, um, that is not crazy or out of line with what we see going on nationally. Now, nine's a good member. The OVC was nine for a very long time in terms of football sponsoring institutions. It sets up, obviously, to an eight-game balance schedule. So there's lots of interest in that. Certainly, I think if if I'm candid, the OVC and the association itself would like to grow larger. Um, a larger conference um, gives you some scheduling options and gives you strength. But nine is a really good number, and so we're pleased. We have a meeting coming up here soon with our athletics directors to talk more about the future. And then our coaches are meeting in conjunction with the AFC convention, which will be in Nashville in early January. So it's time to be forward, forward-looking and, and uh, talk about the future. And again, this association arrangement is for at least three more years. It can certainly go longer, um, given just the fact that it works well for all institutions involved. OVC Commissioner Beth DeBush, certainly for many, many, many years, basketball has been a bell cow of the conference. What do you do to ensure the, 
I mean, the NCAA net, lack of a better way of putting it, the NCAA net as a conference ranking, is there some, you know, uh, an overall conference plan to improve the net? Because it just seems like it's where everybody looks these days first. It is where everybody looks. We've spent a lot of time over the past few months, the ADs and the presidents and chancellors together, talking about the future of OBC basketball and how we make sure the focus on the non-conference scheduling piece is really important. It's a balance, as you know. And as we've looked at it, we've looked at it as really a a three-pronged approach. We need to make sure that we're in a position to schedule wisely and that there's an appropriate balance that there are not too many games against A5 programs, which is a good experience for student-athletes, and it has some financial rewards associated with it. But those games are always on the road, so they're more difficult games to win. So there needs to be an appropriate balance with those. And like opponents that are beatable opponents, that you can start to work on the net and make sure that by the time you go into the conference season, you're better positioned. From a policy standpoint, the OBC has voted to reduce the number of non-Division One games we'll play moving forward um, from this season. So that is that's kind of a neutral in this whole thing. That doesn't help your net. It doesn't really hurt your net. But we need more opportunities to have winnable games. And we've also voted to expand the OBC schedule from an 18-game schedule to a 20-game schedule. So there are more games uh, against conference opponents, which means more games at home. And it also has an influence on the net. As we've looked at the discussion as well, we need to make sure that we're able to recruit good student-athletes because you have to have good student-athletes to be able to win games. And then that focus needs to be on ensuring that we're providing the requisite benefits that we need to provide and the focus on student-athletes. That's part of our DNA, I, I, I would I would suggest for a long, long time we have been focused on students, but to make sure that commitment is clear. And then lastly, we need to make sure that we're supporting our coaches and funding our coaches in a way that's um, comparable to our peer conferences. So again, kind of a three-pronged approach, but scheduling being front and center and the focus on non-conference. We're um, starting to get a better sense over the past few days just about what this conference is about as we see more more games lately against liked opponents, um, subdivisional opponents. That, that are playing home and homes with us that give us good opportunities to win. Beth DeBush with us, Commissioner of the OVC. Uh, the new NCAA president, Charlie Baker, didn't waste any time uh, with what he's going to propose at the uh, convention next month about a, I know you've seen it, a different level that you can opt in or out where the minimum payment per student athletes 30,000 where you'd have to do a uh, a balance of the title nine so up to 200 maybe or more being paid at that and how many can afford that where are we headed because i know beth how involved you've been you were the chief counsel for the board of uh, uh, directors the presidents that runs the ncaa and also now you're involved in it as well as the new contract tv contract coming up uh contracts plural where are we headed with all this well i think governor baker or president baker's suggestion is a long time coming it's a concept there general sense of concept that people have talked about for a period of time there needs to be some give what i have said to our, our our membership is it's a concept right now there's nothing that's that's on paper that's official but that's set to be adopted uh what it what it does do is um talks about a division one family though that it keeps some connective tissue within division one but allows institutions that just absolutely have to have some freedom to do things in this day and age more freedom to do what's necessary think what it's going to result in if it does get support is a whole lot of institutions 
that look like OVC institutions or more like OVC institutions coming back and really having a focus on what we do and that serves student athletes through education and intercollegiate athletics. So there are probably going to be some, some severe growing pains through all of this, but I think when it's all said and done on the opposite side, you'll see more of a right size for a whole lot of institutions. And, you know, if we are able to keep Division One and a collection of schools under one general umbrella, I think it's what's, what will be important to OVC schools. That Division One labeling is critically important to our programs, and I think under this pattern there's still an opportunity for that. Well, in, in what you're saying, Beth, because you know I follow this pretty closely, that the NIL, the collectives, and all the different components of it uh, that are that are coming and the shifting of landscape and you know, we we knew this was coming, that it was sort of a, a facade that the the compliance office would be the conduit between the collectives, the NIL collectives and the schools. You know, no one's going to go to a school unless they know what they're going to get so that they're going to get rid of that. Uh, I think you're right in, in that this the rich are going to get richer. But I think the it, it creates more of a balance in that it's next tier, not a lower tier, but the next tier, it puts it pretty much where the mission of uh, NCAA athletics are. Is that Does that sound like I'm, I'm, I'm being too uh, idealistic with it? No, and maybe both of us are being too idealistic of it, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe what we do is very good. I've done this for my, for my whole professional life and very committed to what we do, and I think we do do a nice job of starting at serving student athletes, and there's a whole lot of programs that do that. I think the pressure to be able to compete at the highest level is such that there are a lot of schools that are in a difficult spot. And so this gives an opportunity for programs to really look at themselves and be able to right size and to serve in a way that it will still be very compelling to the general public and it will still be very important to student athletes in the fan base, but it may be a more realistic assessment of just the divide that exists. Having said that, I think it also provides maybe a level of clarity to people looking at the whole Division One landscape as to the difference of the programs, but also protects the narrative for employment uh, being an option because I don't think employment is an option for intercollegiate athletics at this stage. What comes with it is a lot of risk for student-athletes, um, and I don't think it's good for student-athletes. So if we create an opportunity to give more more benefits but protect student-athletes from some of the risks that comes with it, I think it's a winning proposition for many. Uh, Toto, this isn't Kansas anymore. I don't know if you noticed that, Beth. I mean, we're not in Kansas. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, I've I've asked this today. I'm playing Santa today. Um, uh, not not you know Christmas in what? Good Lord, sixteen days, something like that. Um, what's under the OVC Christmas tree three to five years out? What does Beth want to Santa to bring the next three to five years? For the Ohio Valley Conference, yes. I would like, sure, I would like to bring additional membership growth of like institutions that are similarly aligned. I would like to see us be in a position where we can um, accomplish everything we wanted in our strategic plan, and that's really back to your original question about some scheduling opportunities for our programs that we have more opportunities to schedule like institutions, not conference and region, and I think that might happen as part of this rebalancing. And then lastly, and maybe most importantly, we are 
able to continue what we have done, but to, to even a greater extent provide benefits to our student athletes because that's really what lets us do what we do and to make sure that they have a really full and rich experience as a Division One student athlete. And under your personal tree, uh, a Notre Dame National Championship, a Milwaukee Brewers World Series, uh, a pa- the Packers maybe. I mean, does that sound about yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, Am- yeah, all of that sounds that sounds really <laughs> good, Greg. I don't know. I hope you're happy with the new GM hire for uh, the Brew Crew because I know you are a fan there as well. It's a new day uh, for the Brewers, so it's going to be fun to be able to watch that. We'll have to share notes on your thoughts as to what's going on at another time. But I would say certainly happy with the, the Sunday night uh, Packers football game the other day. It looked like they started to turn a corner. Uh, a true uh, Green Bay native, uh, Beth DeVos. Thank you, Beth. Hey, and, and thank you, uh, and, you know, thank you for letting me shine a spotlight on the OVC. I appreciate it, really. Well, your friendship and your partnership with us means a lot. So we thank you for everything that you do, Greg, and happy holidays.